The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. On that day, Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the sea. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood along the shore. And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, where it had little soil. It sprang up at once, because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some, feed, some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. The Gospel of the Lord. In our first reading today, one of the things that's so amazing and, and important about that reading is that prefigurement of the Lord in the Eucharist that we have. That, that providence of God in the manna. And that's the whole story, you know, of the Exodus. Again, and I've mentioned it before, like, just like we see on many of our hospitals, we see providence. We always have to remind ourselves that that's the Lord providing for us. You know, when we say, like, I, you know, something happens in a good way, it's like, oh, God's providence sort of, like, reigned true. It's just like, yes, because he provides for the needs of us all. And there, there's something that's amazing about that situation, because the people grumble, which is really never changed in human history, you know, like we kind of grumble and complain, and then, um, but God hears the, the complaint and the grumbling, grumbling of the people, and, and he seeks to, to try to satisfy them, to fill them up, to provide for them, and in that particular situation, there's an old, so just like we have current Bible commentary, like Catholic uh, Bible commentaries and different things like that, there are also these things called uh, midrash, which are Catholic, or they're commentaries on the Old Testament writings. These, but these are ancient, we're talking about, like in, in the second century AD, so the second century after, after Christ is when they're writing Jewish um, priests are essentially writing commentary on, on the Old Testament at that point, or, or their scripture, uh, as it were. And so in the, there's a midrash that actually referred to that the manna actually tasted different depending on the needs of the individual. So like for the young, it was something, and I can't quite remember the exact examples, but for the young, it was something like, it tasted like honey and milk. And then for the sick, it was just like, it was like bread and oil. And then for, and for those who were old and infirm, it was like honey and vinegar and bread. It was, some, it was some unusual mixture. But the point being that even down to the individual or, or what they would need at their stage in life, it even provided for them in a specific way, like it tasted literally different and filled them up and had a different type of sustenance for whatever that individual really need, which even goes to show you just like the specificity of God's providence in our lives. And yesterday I reminded everybody of that book that, that I had recently read and that I made my nephew read called Make Your Bed. And so it written by Admiral William H. McRaven, who was a Navy SEAL, retired Navy SEAL. And so one of the things that I, so, so I didn't say this yesterday, but Make Your Bed, one of the first principles of that, one of his first kind of rules to life that he had learned as a Navy SEAL 
the whole idea of making your bed, and of course they're very specific about it in the military, was that begin your day with a task complete. That's how you start your day, so that no matter how terrible your day might end up going, at the very end of your day, when you get back to your bed, you will still see, like, that's how I began my day, and then I will end it with this order that I see before me. So even if the day kind of goes out of your control. And now, when the day does go out of control, that was the principle he gave of the sugar cookie. So in the Navy SEALs, one of the punishments is, um, often it is for like a uniform infraction. You know, it's like, soldier, there is a thumbprint on your brass buckle, you know, and it's like sugar cookie. So then they tell them sugar cookie. That means they go into the ocean. They get completely wet, fully uniformed, roll around in the sand until their body is completely covered like a sugar cookie, and then they go through the entire rest of the day like that. The point being, and again, you know, once I said, they were like, Private, do you know why you were a sugar cookie? And he was like, no, sir. And he's just like, because life is not fair. And the sooner that you understand that, the better off you will be. And he goes on to explain that every single soldier in the SEALs that could not accept that, that kept talking about it being not fair, I don't understand, or that never made it through training. They never made it all the way through. But it, but it was a point in saying that there are just things that are going to come along in your life. And that is much of what happens to the Israelites. You know, as they're wandering through, they keep coming across difficult situations. But, but it's, what is our response to the difficult situation? And we get kind of examples of it in the gospel. The parable of the sower really is one of my favorites, but the, the one thing that I would, I would probably just elaborate on, which is elaborated on in some of the other, other gospels, is, is when these, these parables are explained further, like what they mean. And so one of the most important ones, I think, is that, um, you know, the seed sown amongst thorns. Because I think that's the most relevant to, to a lot of us here in the world, is that that is seed sown among thorns, and then like the riches of the world, materialism, things that surround us, other things vying for our attention, choke off the plant and kill it. I think in our modern day, that's the most likely thing that we often run across. Of course, all of the other things happen as well. But I see this as one of the greatest dangers in a world where we're so well provided for. Uh, we, we generally do not wander through the desert knowing where our next meal is coming from like the Israelites did. And then the providence of God was so, so important. Now, there can be like an illusion that we provide for ourselves in every way that we can. And so the, the worry or the lure of riches or why it said that it's hard for the rich, the rich man to go to heaven is because it gives the false sense of security that you can do everything yourself. I've always had everything I've needed. I've always been able to provide for myself, for my children, for my family. I've been able to get anything that I want. Why, why would I possibly need God in that scenario? That's why it can be difficult. It doesn't mean that the rich man can't get to heaven, but it means that he's got to have his priorities straight and understand that God's providence still reigns supreme in their life. And then it becomes even more important for that person in that state to be able to give of, the, of their excess what they have so that the church can kind of move forward and, and flourish as well. And so 
as we look at the providence of God in our life, we really do have to realize that he will provide, he will in fact come through for us, but we must, must persevere. Um, Because again, it's been proven in many examples, I'm sure in many of your own work life, those of you who have served in the military that know these things, those that do not persevere do not usually get along well in life. Um, They usually continue to push back and have difficulty and grumble. And remember, the grumbling Israelites ultimately don't get to enter into the promised land. You know, it really ends up being their children in the next generation that really get to experience that because they couldn't get over themselves. They couldn't quite persevere all the way, even when they were right there, sort of at the finish line. And even their leader, Moses, um, runs into this problem with sin because instead of relying on God to provide the way that he told him, he tries to do it the way that he thought it should be done. And again, it says, and Moses was not able to enter into the promised land. So, so these, are, these are great lessons for us all. God bless you all today.